the thrill of Sydney's Spring Carnival, where world-class horse racing, fashion and entertainment combine. Welcome to the Sydney Set with Mick Gannon and Nick Ashman. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the Sydney Set, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred racing needs. $3.8 million of prize money up for grabs at Rosehill Gardens this afternoon. The feature... It's the $1 million Group 1 Golden Rose for the three-year-olds. Cylinder's your favourite there. Just holding on. It's the best edition of the race I've seen. Can Charmstone, the Melbourne filly, can she end the horrible run of fillies in this race? 47 have lined up. Just one winner. Forensics back in 2007-2008 season. Uh, we're going to have the co-trainer of Charmstone, Michael Kent Jr., on in just a few minutes' time. But joining me, first of all, to talk all things racing, Mick Gannon. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I'm all right. I'm up and about, ready to rock and roll. It's uh, week two of the Everest Carnival, Sydney's Everest Carnival. Elegance, thrills, and world-class racing of uh, weight. Speaking, you know. of, speaking about world-class racing, we've got five horses I've narrowed it down to for this Golden Rose. It looks an immense race. Mm. Very, very good race. I know you've got more you're interested in. Yeah, there's a lot out there today, isn't there? I, I love that Heritage Stakes. I, wa- I wonder, Mick... If we're going to be talking about the Everest having a big shake-up after today, the Golden Rose, we know Yes, Yes, Yes was placed in this race and came out uh, a few weeks later and won the uh, the Everest. Uh, it's a, becoming a real three-year-old's race. Giga Kick wins it last year. Obviously, he had the Melbourne form. I wonder if the Heritage Stakes race for this afternoon. Osmosis is your favourite. Royal Tributes, no slouch. Could well, a horse come out of that and get a slot? I think one of them will. It'd be yeah. very interesting to see which one. I know you're very keen on one. We'll get to that later, but... I, mean, I am hearing osmosis is very, very close to a slot. Yeah, well, he'll he'll need to run well today to justify that. So that's probably as good a push as any. And then, uh, obviously, they've got a group one in Melbourne as well, the Underwood Stakes. But uh, no runners there for uh, Mr. Kent Jr. We will talk to him in a couple of moments' time. He does have the hot pot amenable in the Testa Ross. I've got to say I'm filthy. He's not bringing him up here for the Epsom Handicap. <laughs> I'm talking through the kick. 50 to 1 they were offering at one point. And uh, I was texting him and he said, sorry, mate, not coming. And I thought, ah, you're off the Christmas card list. Well, that is our job to talk through the kick, isn't it? That's it what is. we're here for. You can't do it any other way. If you're not having a go, we don't want to hear from you. Um, <laughs> and speaking of hearing from you, uh, the text line 0457 736 736. Send us through your best bet of the day. Uh, any commentary around uh, horses you might want to follow into the Everest Carnival or through the Everest Carnival as well. Yeah, that's right. And we might go straight to our best bets because we'll get Kent Jr. on in a moment's time. What, um, what's your best for the day? I'm going to go For race. those that want to switch us off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, want to, I, want to, I want to appease all the markets here. I so love it. Uh, if you don't like us and you just want to get the mail, and, and by the way, the, the best bets, it must be said, we put a lot of, you know, what on ourselves, but mm. they've gone okay so far, haven't they? Low flying. Let's hope yep. we don't jinx it. We're going to go race three, number eight, Marques. Zach Lloyd jumps aboard here. I think you know, a slight jockey upgrade from Tyler Schiller, who's in pretty okay yep. form to Zach Lloyd, who's just low flying. Barrier one sits leaders back behind. How good are you? They bet around $3.90 earlier in the week. That was, mm. that was what they call silly. Yeah, silly stuff. So you're in the getting in the the chocks relatively early there. I'd say one, Mister Mick Gannon. Yeah, horse drops in grey. Sorry, drops in weight, and so only only got to beat make up zero point two lengths off. How good are you? And mm. meets at two and a half kilos better. Goes up in distance. I'm just a little bit um, nervous for how good are are you now? Six run this preparation deep, mm. very deep in the preparation. I think Marquez is the one to follow. Fourth up should be getting the job done. What are you keen on, mate? Uh, I'm in the next race, race four now. Um, you might call me crazy, but I'm going to take Osmosis on. He, Osmosis and Royal Tribute met uh, earlier this year. It was at Randwick over 1,100 metres on the 10th of June. There was just over a length in favour of Osmosis on that occasion, who carried 55.5 uh, kilos after Dylan Gibbons' claim. 
Carrying 56, a half a kilo more, was Royal Tribute. Now, Osmosis was having his second start. Royal Tribute was first up. Today, they meet when Osmosis is resuming from a spell. And we've got Royal Tribute second up with a slight pull in the weights on when they last met. Uh, and the figures out of that Hawkesbury Maiden, and I know it's only a Hawkesbury Maiden, but they were very, very good. And he's got a hungry Tim Clark in the saddle who's going to be looking to post a few winners after being out for a couple of weeks with injury. Oh, I like it. I do get nervous when we talk Hawkesbury form, but uh, look, good luck. Godspeed. Now, let's go out wide. Race seven, number seven, Flying Crazy is my best value player of the day. This horse missed the start uh, about, let's call it a length. Made up really good ground. Was in between runners late. Held up a little bit. The best... Uh, four length, second last you'll ever see. Oh, I like it. Yeah, you're getting around $12. Have you got a value play for us, mate? I do. It's in the Shannon Stakes. Sorry, uh, yeah, the Shannon Stakes, which is race seven. It's at uh, 3.20 p.m. over 1,500 metres. I'm with Lions Raw here. He's around uh, an $18, $19 chance with Sportsbet on race morning. Um, and he he's taken on some pretty handy horses when he's resumed previously. Last campaign, beaten two and a half lengths, Group 1 weight for age against Animo. The preparation before that, he was three wide, no cover. Forget about it in the Hunter behind Villana. The prep before that, he runs into Zaki. First up, the prep before that was Aegon as a three-year-old, and the prep before that was Mowunga. So I don't think he's raced a field this easy ever, first up from a spell. And I'm getting around eighteen dollars, and I'm getting D Lane in the saddle. There's no jockey riding better in this uh, in Australia, and there's only one horse in this race, Kerwin's Lane. That's one more prize money than Lions Raw. So tell me what I'm missing: fifty-five kilos or fifty-five and a half? I'll tell you what: we are knocking the favourite Waterford, aren't we? So punters out there, there's a bit of value early. You want to take the Quinellas or your same races? Flying crazy, Lions Raw. I think that's a great play in that race. Yeah, I'll, I'll be having a saver on the Waterford Quinella. But, hey, that's enough uh, about our best bets. The man I want to talk to today, the man of the moment, is a stylish cat as well. He's one of racing's most eligible bachelors, and he goes by the name of Mr. Michael Kent Jr. Good morning. Morning, Nick. No, I'm not eligible. I'm getting married in March. Yeah, I've just thought I'd just throw you under the bus a little bit there, mate. That's okay. <laughs> uh, now that I've got now that I've got in your good books, let's get some mail off you, Mister attention, Mister Kent Junior. Um, mate, the Phillies. You've got this wonderful Philly charm stone. I know you and Mick have you and I have spoken before about what a good opinion you've got of her. Um, she's got to end a pretty terrible run of Phillies records. Forty-seven Phillies have lined up in the Golden Rose for just one winner. Forensics. Back in 07, 08, can Charmstone end that terrible run? Yeah, I mean, uh, we think she definitely can. I, I don't see why there should be an imbalance, really. I mean, um, there's no difference between the ability of Phillies versus Colts is there. And uh, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe the best Phillies haven't tried this race every year. But certainly think um, Charmstone is a worthy candidate. It's a very strong race, obviously. Shinzo, I think personally he's the horse that can break the slipper curse. He, he just looks like the horse will train on and improve as a three-year-old, and his trial was enormous, and he's going to be very forward. Um, mm. Tillander, I think he's ready to explode. Uh, even NCAP's very good. So it's going to be a good race. Kick Colorado could be anything. Um, but I think she's the right filly. She, she gives us the group one feel. She's got a lot of class. She's got a turn of foot. She's got a long, sustained run, which good horses have. And she's quite tactically versatile. So, yeah, the trouble today is barrier one and uh, hopefully getting the right luck at the right time. She, in the first up, she won the Quisette down at Caulfield. She ran the fourth fastest last 800 metres of the meeting, which is usually a sign that a horse will get a bit further. That was 1,100. Second up, she travels three wide, no cover. 
at the Valley over 1,200 metres and was just simply too good for him and produced a decent rating. What are your thoughts at 1,400 metres first go? Yeah, you never know, but we, yeah, like you said, we get all the right feels that she will uh, get 1,400. Uh, the soft draw definitely helps that, I think. Uh, she'll get a soft run, and, and no doubt Damien Lane will have plenty of force left entering the straight and just need the, the breaks at the right time. Um, and, and as you said, she's she was very strong and sort of won quite cosily last time despite sitting three deep at Mooney Valley. And that, that's a, it's a tough 1,200 Mooney Valley you know, up the rise. And uh, I think, um, yeah, just got that long stride and can sustain a long run. So I think everything indicates she will get it. Um, just going to see if she's good enough on the day today. How do you read the uh, the map here, Michael? Do you obviously draw barrier one is a ideal sort of situation set up here, just lobbing in leaders back behind Moravia, or are you thinking riding a little bit more conservatively just to get run out that 1,400 metres? Yeah, um, no one's riding better than Damien Lane in the country at the moment, and he knows this really very well. I'm sure he'll have every inch of the race mapped out in his head. Uh, on paper, it looks to be medium tempo, but this race every year is run at a high speed given what's at stake. So I'd be surprised it didn't roll along nicely. Um, I, we, I would imagine it's between third and sixth the fence somewhere. Um, I think when the track at Rose Hill is going to be firm and dry, uh, it's definitely not a disadvantage to be near the inside. I think it's one of those tracks, well, it is one of those tracks where you don't want to hook out wide in the bend. They yeah, you want to stay tucked in around the bend and then come out in the straight. Uh, so we'll get the right run. It's just a matter of, um, yeah, hopefully we don't find any traffic in the straight. In your eyes, uh, who's the horse you've got to beat today? I mean, it's so hard as a form student looking at it, but who do you think's the one you've got to beat? Uh, I personally think it is Shinzo or Cylinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinzo, I just lo- I love him. He just, yeah. of course, uh, he's out of... Um, Mix uh, good mare Samaretti, who and he just covers the ground. He's such a big stride. Um, mm. He looks quite special. And Cylinder, well, he's in the in the right stable. They love to win this race. Uh, he's third up. He got held up last time. He was dynamic the last 400. So I think with an unimpeded run, he's set the peak. Um, and then King Colorado is the obvious other one where we just don't know where his ceiling is yet. He, he just could could be anything that horse and um, the stable are very confident in his ability. So there's a host of chances. And I, I think if you were describing four top main chances, I think Charmstone's one of them. Love that. And Michael, you head down to Caulfield today. You've got Amenable in race six, short price favourite. What do you make of uh, his chances? And do you think there's any danger to him today? Uh, the danger is just, he, he's the best horse in the race. Uh, he's the most progressive. He is really going the right way. Um, we've always liked him, but he, he's, he's been a big baby. He's a very late foal. And this is the first prep he's come back, um, furnished and had no problems. Like the last two preps, he had a bad blood midway through. So we've had a perfect campaign. He's flying the horse. Uh, I think with even lucky wins, um, you know, no doubt if he misses the start and, He's back in an awkward spot and they dawdle we're in trouble. But I think if it goes to plan, Buffalo River, Philly and should bowl along. And I'd actually rather draw out on him than draw barrier one or two. Just gives Mark Zara options. So, um, yeah, all things being equal, he should be winning. Love that. And what's your best outside out anywhere in the country today, mate? 
No, I think Amenable's the best. I think Charm Zone's good each way. Uh, he's a shocker. Uh, he didn't draw a bad gate. Um, he is flying that horse. He was the run of the race behind Solcum, first up and heavily, and uh, we just drawn the car park. So if you can bet in run and he's uh, in a nice spot, uh, that'd be okay. But yeah, definitely um, definitely Amenable and um, Charmstone. And then Snow Patrol probably comes out of the Guineas prelude drawn wide and runs tomorrow at Flemington, and he's one to follow. Okay, perfect. We're just writing all this down manically here in the uh, studio. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for coming on, giving us the latest on Charmstone and also amenable down at Caulfield, mate. All the very best today. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. There he is. He's an outstanding horseman, a, a really good judge of races as well, Michael Ken Jr., and he's just given us the latest on Charmstone. Uh, I think everything he said was just seems so spot on. He's analysed this race really well. She's going to get a, a nice suck run and every opportunity to run out the 1,400, and it's just whether or not she can get out, but she's got the right man on top. Down at Caulfield, Amenable, there's going to be a lot of multis with this horse in it because it's now $1.80 with uh, hit a shot coming out this morning. Um, he just seemed very confident there as well, didn't he? He's bullish. Yeah. It's a shame because I'm on Bandersnatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought Corner Pocket might be able to roll forward there. Uh, what did you make just quickly before we go to an ad break and dissect all the action from Rose Hill, uh, which I'm really keen to do? Just there is a group one in Melbourne. It's called the Underwood Stakes. Alligator Blood, a Sydney horse is your favourite. Did you have a thought there? Yeah, I thought Alligator, Alligator Blood was the best bet of the day down there, Nick. Uh, just proven weight for age, group one runner up against other than without a fight, a bunch of B graders. And I think uh, Alligator Blood will get the job done. Seven day back up fit on speed. I think it just ticks all the boxes. What yeah. About you? yeah. I'm without, without a fight. I just was a bit concerned on the seven day back up for Alligator Blood. And I do take what Gay said that he's maybe a fraction behind fitness wise where he normally is. And he's taking a bit uh, longer to get fitter. So maybe he does peak this afternoon, but on my stuff, his ratings are one to two lengths below where he was this time last year, and it's a tricky race, this one. Anyway, that's enough uh, touching on the Melbourne races. We're going to take a break here. We've got 10 races to dissect from Rose Hill this afternoon. It's the second week of Sydney's Everest Carnival. Elegance, thrills, and world-class racing away. Welcome back to the Sydney sec time to dissect all the action at Rose Hill Gardens this afternoon. As I said, $3.8 million up for grabs. The feature is the $1 million Golden Rose a little later on. Let's get stuck into these markets, courtesy of Sportsbet. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Support, visit gamblinghelpotline.org.au. Race one is the highway handicap over 1,500 metres. It's a class two. Good push here for the six atmospheric rock. There's been substantial deductions, but 650 into 290. Desert Miss, your second favourite, 550 into 380. And the three Alash Lad, 950 into $6, Mick. Yeah, take the kitty comes out. I think this is a race that atmospheric rock can win. It's been there and thereabouts. Now it gets to 1,500 metres. I think it has the race at its mercy, mate. Yeah, it's been uh, well supported both times, hasn't it? So it was wide no it was wide no cover last time out in that highway handicap. One by Stormy Witness. It goes around in this race, and you'd think third up just about peaks, wouldn't it? Ready to go. How do you uh, see the track playing before we move on to race two, mate? Ah, thank you for reminding me. I forgot to read my rundown. Silly from a host. Uh, track walk information. I can read it to you here. I've got it here. Rails in run should provide some advantage. We are forecasting lanes two to six to be the place where the majority of the winners come from. So 
how I read that is uh, try and hug the rail as best you can in the run and just get a fraction away from it in the home straight. Yeah, and really important, those 11 and 1,200-metre races uh, on on rail, on speed horses, going to be favoured there, mate. Absolutely. Let's move on to race two. This is the 1,300 midway, the benchmark 72. Favourite here, well-supported peace officer for Car- uh, Clary Connors and Nashville Willer. Uh, one first up, 7.30 into 2.15. Sorry, 2.70 into 2.15. Flying Destiny is your second favourite, into 4.20 and Victory Lanes had support 16 into $11. Yeah, there's a horse here that represents a really good bidding opportunity now. So Peace Office has been very well backed, comes out of a really nice Wyong win, did it quite easily, but so does Flying Destiny. And I think the punters have missed it. So it's second favourite around that $4.20 mark. Its sectionals were enormous, slightly better than Peace Officers. Granted, they were different races, slightly different setups, different distances, but it could only win. It's now drawn barrier one, sits on speed, exactly where we want it to be over that 1,300 metres. That's a bet for me. Race two, number two, Flying Destiny, one of the better bets of the day, Nick. Oh, I like that. I'm not going to take you on, but I'm just going to throw Ben the knee in there for Kim Wars get the, gets the blinkers uh, on. Uh, sound return, I thought, at Canterbury last time out. Has placed at stakes level when second up and just thought that $16 mark with sports bet might be a little bit over the odds. On to race three. Now, this is the benchmark 88. We had a really good benchmark 88 at the back end of the program last week, won by Kibo or Kibu. Uh, this one's not far off in terms of quality. It's over the 1,900 metres. Your favourite is How Good Are You? As I keep saying, that's not a question for you, Mick. That's the horse's name. 3.10 into $2.70, Marquess. Can you get your thoughts on this, Galloper? 3.70 into 2.80 and Tazarel for the Snowdens. It's been the best-backed runner in the race in terms of market percentages. $9 into $5. That's some move for that horse, and there's a big push for it. Tazarel mm. is pretty good throughout the, uh, we'll call it the winter now uh, now comes into what I'd suggest is probably a much harder race here. You've got two really progressive gallopers here and how good are you and Marquess. The difference here, a two and a half kilo weight swing to Marquess. Zach Lloyd on board, draws barrier one, maps to do absolutely no work behind how good are you. Just needs a little bit of luck. Mm. And I think Marquess will get the job done. I've made him the best of the day. Ooh, there you go. Look, oh, it was just a bit skinny for mine. I've gone with Logan Street each way, 14 into 10 with sports bet. Good run at stakes level two back and then just got uh, not too bad behind the flying just fine last start. I thought this was maybe a fraction easier. What price uh, just fine in this race? Just on just fine. What, $1.10? Just on just fine. Yeah. Um, Metrop at, at its mercy. Uh, it was a bit weak late, but with these on-speed horses, they're entitled to be. Sometimes the, I'm noticing the pros like the strong late splits at the moment. They must okay. all the all the all the data crunches must be going for them. So I wonder if we get a price about him on the day. Well, I'll tell you what, entitled entitled to be weak because it got taken yeah. on at the 800, the 600. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I he, was exhausted watching it. If he can keep going, he's definitely the one. Let's put it that way. Hey, let's move on to the first of our stakes races. This is the Heritage Stakes. Now, we had Gay Waterhouse on the show last Saturday morning. She told us there's a three-year-old you can just back next week. He goes by the name of Royal Tribute. Markets courtesy of Sportsbet say Royal Tribute's your second favourite at $3. They've got the unbeaten cult Osmosis from Bjorn Baker's Yard as your favourite. Two fifteen, just a touch soft out to two thirty-five. I want to get your thoughts on the market there later on today and your third favorite is celestial legend 950 into $7 and such is the spruik on these two at the top of the market that a horse like barber who was favorite or second favorite for a group 1 blue diamond only a few months ago is struggling to get into single figures he's 9 bucks in from 13 
How about Barber? He's just been nommed everywhere, accepted, hasn't turned up. Here yep. we are now. He's nominated to take my kids to daycare next week. <laughs> Why not? Anyway. Too good, you. Yeah. This is a racing too. I think it's, that's quite obvious. Royal Tribute comes out of the Hawkesbury um, maiden victory, which rated quite well. I do have my worries about anything that comes out of Hawkesbury in regards to ratings. It's just a, something that... Mm. I know what you mean. It grazes me up. And sometimes yep. you see these huge figures and you think that's great. I find them difficult to trust. Osmosis, absolutely... Uh, destroyed Royal Tribute last time they met, has to be screwed down, looking for an Everest spot. I'm happy to take you on, Nico. I'm going with Osmosis. I think it's going to, going to sit outside leader here, outside mm. Royal Tribute, and kick clear. Okay, well, you can have him. I'm with Royal Tribute, and I'm going to make him my best for the day as well. Love it. Uh, as I said, he considered race fitness to Osmosis uh, last preparation. He meets out Galloper with a fitness advantage this time, and he also... Um, Ran sensational time, suggesting he's come back in good order. I'll take the trusted commodity at this stage. All right, let's move on to uh, race five of the program this afternoon. It's the Colin Stephen quality. Now, this is often seen as a, a lead up to the um, Metrop in Saturday week. And this is the best backed runner all day. I went through all the figures last night and I can see the flux haven't changed. Number seven, Al Abir for Chris Waller and Joe Marrera, $7 into three sixty. That's a firm of around 14% in terms of market percentages. I think the next biggest firm all day was around nine, uh, 8 or 9%. So those that like to follow the market moves, this is your biggest go all day. Race five, number seven, Alabir. Has been very well backed and rightfully so. There's a 2,400-meter win here last preparation in the Winter <laughs> Cup. Gets Joe Marrera aboard now. 2,400 metres, first time this preparation. It makes sense. It, it makes plenty of sense to me. In saying that, though, I'm I'm with Athabasakan. I think only has to repeat the figure at round last start to be very, very close. You're getting a good price around the $5 mm. mark. But it's one of these staying races where it just wouldn't surprise you any result here. Verona was good of an unsuitable race uh, shape last start and was a very, very good run before. So now has three runs over 2,400 metres. I would love to hear the stable come out and say she's going to sit a little more forward in the run, mm. given it's her third um, go at 2,400 metres. If they do that, she becomes a bet. But I, I, I look, difficult staying race. Naturally, they all are. Have you got any opinion? Well, I, I was interested in Verona. I mean, she looked so awesome winning two starts ago. Uh, and then last up was okay behind Athabaskan. Uh, the other one I think you can just throw into the mix is my man, Johnny Sargent. He's got one creeping around here at 20 to 1. And it goes by the name of Outlander. Mm. Um, ran into just fine over the mile two starts ago. We keep speaking about that form line because that horse is proper. Uh, and then straight to 2,300 metres in the Newcastle Cup last time out. Was beaten a stack there, but will improve an absolute stack here. And I just wonder if this is a horse that's having a, a final tune-up for uh, a uh, Metrop in seven days' time, Mr. Gannon. Well, I like it. I had it marked $13.50. What price are we getting? Uh, you can have uh, – what are we getting now? I've just turned over to the eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars. Thank so you for saving me there. Over the odds. And over the odds. And definitely worth an each, each way, way ticket. Something yeah. for the players if you don't want to tumble into the shorter prices. Let's uh, have a look at race six. We've got race six and seven, and then we're going to take a break and talk to Tommy Berry. Race six of the program. This is the Golden Pendant. What a great race it's been for around a decade now. Uh, SB owners, your favourite here, two sixteen to two forty five. Nash and Chris Waller team up. Her sectionals late was superb there. First up over twelve hundred metres behind Sunshine in Paris. Who the back of that win got a slot in the Everest, Australia's richest race. Uh, Zugotch is your second favourite at 3.30. Then a tissue, bless you. No, <laughs> only kidding. Uh, around $5.50. You don't want to joke about sneezing these days, ever since COVID. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. We, we, we used to cough to cover up our farts. Now we fart to cover up our coughs. <laughs> it's too good for you. I'll tell you what, this is a race I would love to hear. What, Hope you're enjoying your breakfast, by the way. <laughs> I'd love to hear what Tommy Berry has to say because I'd suggest he'd be writing quite a few of these at track work here, mm. at Tissue, Espiona, and um, Zoo Gotcha. I am with Zoo Gotcha here. I've been waiting for uh, her to get to the 1,400 metres. I think it's been a mixed preparation. I understand that Chris was thinking maybe it could, she could have been an Everest horse. Turned out she's not. Um, but 1,400 metres looks ideal. Ryan Moore, I think she's ready to peak here. I had her on top. Espiona was very good last start, as was a tissue. There's not much between them. I, I seem to think that Waller has this race at his mercy. Uh, yeah. Duh, top three in the in the market. Fair dinkum. He shouldn't get paid for those comments. But I think Zugotcha's the one, Nick. That's okay. We'll pay you anyway, Mick. Uh, he did put his hand out when he came on the show two weeks ago, Chris, and said, look, I think we just got it wrong with her being an out-and-out sprinter. But you can't blame uh, someone for having a crack, uh, particularly at a race like the Everest. I'll just throw in, I've got Espiona on top, Mick, you know, Best last 600 metres of the day when resuming. I think that three-year-old ability we saw from her is finally all starting to come together. She's a belter, I think, is the forgotten horse. Beaten less than two lengths by In Secret and Sunshine in Paris when resuming last preparation. That Sunshine in Paris ties in now with Espiona. And I just thought uh, she's a belter. is probably the forgotten horse now at $13 with Sportsbet. Do you know a bit of narrative around this race? So you've got Nash riding for Chris. Yeah. And he looks to his left and he's got Ryan Moore. Looks to his right. Joe Marira. Do you reckon he's hungry? <laughs> Do you reckon he's hungry to prove a point? Well, I think he, I mean, he's in such a good uh, position, Nash, because with J-Mac out, he's probably getting some of the good uh, Godolphin rides and he's, he really is making the most of it. And obviously he's one of uh, Chris Waller's go-to men as well. So he's been uh, probably the, the 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 greatest beneficiary of J-Mac being out and Huey being overseas. Huey obviously riding today at Caulfield. And he stood up, and that's the most important thing. Mm. We talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Who was going to stand up and, and sort of take the mantle of a you know Sydney's premier rider? And Zach stood up, Zach Lloyd stood up, and so is Nash. It's so good to see. Mm. Interesting to, today, though, this is the acid test. Yeah, it really is. They brought in two world class jockeys, Joe Marira, who uh, will ride. We'll talk about militarise uh, after we speak to Tommy Berry. Want to get his thoughts on the uh, Golden Rose as well. But before we do that, we've got another race to preview. This is the Shannon Stakes. Uh, It's over 1,500 metres. It's seen as a bit of a lead-up. A horse called Fat Ale, uh, a bit over a decade ago, ran second or third in this race for Gay, backed up a week later and won the Epsom Handicap. Uh, Waterford's your favourite here, 280 into 260, returned as a girl in this preparation and was very good third from uh, the back in the the field behind Golden, uh, uh, Golden Mile in a slowly run race. Uh, Cepheus is your second favourite, pretty solid around the $5 mark for Matty Dunn and that man, Nashra Willer. And then you've got Crosstalk for Gay and Adrian, uh, six, seven into 6.50. I'll just go through a couple of more here. Kerwin's Lane, 8 out to 10, flying crazy. And I'll get you to talk about this run, a 9.50 out to $11. And I want to make a mention of Lions Raw, 35 into 17. Really good race. I can't wait for this race because Waterford was really good. It's a horse that we um, that Chris gave a good push to. Suggests he's come back bigger and better uh, as a gelding. I mm. think that Flying Crazy is the value, though, and it still is because he's missed the start. He gets jockey upgrade, draws an inside gate this time around, was l- completely luckless, meets Waterford two kilos better, and you're getting a much bigger price. So Flying Crazy is a horse I'm very, very keen to be with. I, I love your push, uh, Lions Raw. It has some really, really good figures. Yeah, he does. He's just, look, he's run into, he resumes here in what I would argue is his easiest first up assignment since his debut. Uh, these are the horses he's taken on since his debut. Uh, he, next preparation, so second prep, Mwanga. 
first up. Then first up, he runs into Aegon, who's a Group 1 sort of wait-for-age horse. Then Zaki. Surely I don't need to tell you about him. Then Velana. And then last preparation, beaten two and a half lengths by Animo. There is no horse in this field that's anywhere near Animo's class. Damien Lane in the saddle. John O'Shea is a good conditioner of racehorses. I reckon this could be a little bit of a, a bit of a set play to come here first up and really shake it up. I love it. I love it. And that's... Oh, that's such a good, such a good angle from you. That's yeah, our found one, and haven't I? Ex- I? And I, ex- I expected I'm, it. I'm full of a lot of other things. It's taken three weeks, but we've got there. Lions Raw, that, that's a good angle. Waterford, what are your thoughts? $2.70, is it too short? I had it marked much longer, closer to the $4 mark. No, I marked him $3. I think the $2.70 is short, but he's a favourite, and I think he deserves to win. And I, I suspect that they, uh, the problem for him is he doesn't have a lot of gate speed, but they've got to use him up. They've got to try somehow. He's been going back. I went through all of his sectionals, right? Every race he's contested since coming to Australia has either been slowly run or extremely slowly run, and he's been getting back in them and finishing through the line. So the good news is for uh, his connections is that you've got plenty of horse left. He's never been busted. The problem is is you've got to find a way to get him to go forward in the race and take advantage of those slow tempos rather than being dictated to by them. Yeah, and it's going to be hard from Barry 8 today. Crosstalk. Is Crosstalk a horse that can bounce back? Was pretty average uh, first up. Now goes forward. Gets a relatively easy lead here. Cepheus is probably the only other horse in the race that can apply some pressure. The best version of Crosstalk, do you think can get the job done out in front? I do. I think he can. He's a handy horse. I'd be forgiving of that um, performance uh, first up. I think he's been set to come here second up, give this a bit of a shake and possibly try and win third up. He's uh, He won third up two preps ago, bolted in by three and three quarter lengths in a much easier race. It must be set on a heavy track. And then he wasn't too far off Bandersnatch, who I know you're giving a chance to in the Testarossa down at Caulfield uh, in the Doncaster prelude. That was uh, third up in a preparation. He's second up today, but if he wins, he's 100 to 1 with Sportsbet and an Epsom handicap. Yeah. He'll definitely back up. You know that. Gay will throw him in there. She loves a, a big Randwick mile. $101.26 you can get about him in futures markets. Love that play. Well, let's wrap this race up. I'm going to go a little bit of an exotic play here, mate. We'll go Flying Crazy, Waterford, Lions, Raw, and Cross Talk for some exotics for the punters out there. We don't do many exotics, but this is a race that I'm happy to play some exotics in, mate. Yeah, okay, good on you. I'm going to have something on Lions Raw each way, and I'll probably have a Cornella with him and Waterford, who I do think is a pretty good animal. And we're going to take a break here on the Sydney set. When we come back, we're going to talk to the man himself. He returns to race riding in just under seven days. He's Tommy Berry. Welcome back to the Sydney set. It's week two. The second week of the big uh, Sydney's Everest Carnival. Elegant thrills and world-class racing await. And we say thank you to our sponsors, Racing New South Wales and Sportsbet as well. Don't forget, uh, imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Please visit Gambling Help Hotline, or online, I should say, .org.au. Uh, Tommy Berry's just gone AWOL for the moment, Mick. So you know what we, you and I are going to do? We're going to talk about the Golden Rose. It's actually... This was the race that Tommy rode his first Group 1 winner in. Back in 2012, Epaulette got there for Peter Snowden, who's won more uh, Golden Rose than any other trainer in the land, and Tommy gave him one of them. Uh, we don't have him on the program, but, hey, I tell you what, uh, it's a cracking addition this year. Well, uh, thanks. I'm glad you're asking for an analysis and not sending me the track work because I'd be no good at that. <laughs> this is a cracking race, mate. I, I think this is one of the better additions we've seen of the Golden Rose in quite some time. Speed map's the key here. I know we spoke to Michael um, this morning, um, Michael Kent Jr., in regards to Charmstone. And I, I thought that we would find her sit leaders back. Now, he was probably more of the <clears throat> suggestion that they might even be another pair back. Mm. So three back defense, which I found fascinating. So you've got Moravia rolling forward. 
Who else do you see contesting Moravia? Oh, I thought he'd, he'd, he'd get the, uh, the lead on his own. But, well, when I say on his own, I'm sure there'll be pressure from out wide. A horse like Snapback will probably come across. I don't think Butch Cassidy will be too far away. And I suppose Cylinder would want to be just poking in behind them. But I, as far as natural leaders go, I thought Moravia, having a look at his sectionals last night, he was... Um, uh, he might be a 1,400-metre horse, but hey, guess what we've got? We've got Tommy Berry here, and uh, he's coming on in a moment's time. He's, uh, here he is now. Yes, we're getting the thumbs up. Tommy, you there? Yes. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Very good, very good. How was track work? Yeah, not nice morning. Yeah? Uh, it was a bit fresh this morning, huh? A little bit fresh. It's been good weather up here for so long. We've been spoiled. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's not too bad, mate. It's been good. Um, talk to us when you come back for riding. When's your first race back? Have you got the ride locked in for that? Um, yeah, I've got I've got a few rides uh, on Wednesday at Rose Hill. Yep. Um, I think I've got one there for Chris, uh, a couple there for Hawksy, and um, and uh, a couple there for maybe one or two for um, Anthony Cummings as well. Okay, cool. You're not on a horse called Riff Rocket by any chance, are you? Not that I can recall. No, I've... Uh, <laughs> I've really been concentrating on just getting through the every everyday process coming into Wednesday, and I wait for the acceptance to come out and have a look at them. But uh, the manager's doing a great job, and um, yeah, really looking forward to, to Wednesday coming up. Have you enjoyed your time off? Yeah, I really have. It's obviously the circumstances of how everything happened uh, wasn't ideal, but I think for myself, it was the best thing it's it's happened to me. Um, having that time away from the sport, it's, I've been riding for quite a long time now, and and had a, a fair bit happen in my life over that time. So it was really nice to spend a bit of time with my family and I've got a normal job working on a turf farm for a while. I really enjoy doing that and it gave me obviously a new appreciation for what I'm able to do and and um, what I'm able to work for as well. So um, it was a it was nice to sort of find find out a bit more about myself, which I, I didn't know I could. Tommy, you've always had a bit of time off. No doubt it's made you hungrier. You would have ridden plenty of horses in track work of late. Have you got one that's really standing out to you? Yeah, I think probably there's, there's three horses that I've worked over the over the last week, ten days, um, that are all in the um, Golden Rose uh, today. Moravi's one of them uh, for Michael Freeman. He's he's a horse that's you know this is only his first preparation, so he's got a lot of improvement and um, he's improving every run and. You know, he's fifteen dollars. I think he's a lot better chance than a fifteen dollar chance, and he's he's run suggest that, um, especially his last one against Cylinder. And then uh, Shinzo and Militarise, I've, I've had my leg over them both in their last sort of eight nine days as well, and uh, they both couldn't be any better. I I did gallop on the course proper this morning, and there was a bit of give in the track, um, so that will suit a horse like Militarise, and it's not going to be too firm for him. And, Shinzo couldn't be in any better order, but obviously it is first up, so he'll improve off that. Question on Militarise, obviously drawn inside there. If you were aboard Militarise today, what would be your tactics? Uh, do whatever Chris tells me to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tommy, it's just over 10 years since you uh, won your first Group 1, which I think was in this race for Peter Snowden, Epaulette. Is that right? Yeah, no, it was my, my first Group 1 aboard Epaulette and my, I think my 30th uh, on Ole Kirk. So... Um, it's been wow. a nice race to me, and and I, I remember that race day quite quite vividly. I, I was really crook on the day; I could barely, barely stand up. And um, I did. I rang my father and said, "I don't think I'm going to be able to ride today." And 
he had a few words to me, words that I can't really repeat on radio. <laughs> and um, I remember my brother Nathan, he was getting all my gear ready for me all day and, and making sure all I had to do was pretty much walk out of the room and go and ride. And i uh, tell you what, I didn't feel sick after the grip one win. It was, uh, it was a nice party that night. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Hey, uh, fast forward 11 years, obviously you're not riding in the race, but which horse would you want to ride if you could? Um, look, it'd be the, the three horses that I just mentioned. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of time for all of them, but I, I do think Shinzo's, you know, he's he's different class. He's just a real quality cult. Um, as I said, first up, it's, it's a task, but he's got the right trainer setting him for the race, and um, his work uh, last Monday morning um, was impeccable. So providing he can get a good good run from an awkward barrier, he's got one of the best in the world on, so I'm sure he will. Um, I think he'll handle himself really well, but... As I said, I think um, Moravi, at the price he's at, um, he's a great chance as well. Love the push, love the push. Now, Tommy, on a, on a more personal note, obviously you've had a bit of time off. You've been through plenty in your career, no doubt making your comeback next week. Have you set any big goals for the rest of 2023 and the future? Yeah, look, I, I just want to um, be really competitive in the jockeys. I think since since I've, I've been away, um, a lot of the apprentices have been getting a a good go and a good run. So that's good. That's going to keep um, us honest and they can ride quite light as well. So that's good. But um, James has always been in- incredible. Uh, he's incredible for the Sydney jockeys room because I think he makes any jockey have to rise to a new level to compete against uh, himself. And obviously we've got um, Joe Marrera here on the odd occasion as well now. So um, just to, to make sure I'm, you know, firmly in that top, top two or top three jockeys in, in Sydney, as I have been for the, the last eight years. And, um, and continue that sort of form. But just consistency has always been a big thing for me. I think the best jockeys anywhere in the world are very consistent riding winners week in, week out. Um, so so doing that, um, I think, is very important. I've got no doubt you'll get straight back to the top pretty quickly, Tommy, mate. Thanks so much for coming on and having a chat to us about your, your path back to race riding and also giving us the latest on a couple of horses you've been riding in track work. No, my pleasure. Take care, guys. Cheers. There is uh, Mick, uh, Tommy Berry. Uh, that's the second push we've got this morning for Shinzo. Uh, Michael Kent Jr. said the biggest threat to uh, Charmstone was Shinzo. And now Tommy Berry, who sat on Shinzo in track work, is saying he's the one I want to be riding. Scary stuff, isn't it? Because isn't it? We know, we know how good he is. And now gets here first up with with a, um, well, Everest in sight. Wow. Yeah. Could be in for a massive preparation. Really good push from two really good judges. Yeah, he's 550 in pretty solid uh, markets, courtesy of Sportsbet. Our favourite still cylinder at $4. 420 into $4. Good support for King Colorado, the Ford. $7 into 550 He brings the Group 1 weight for age form through the wing stakes. Then you've got the Philly Charm Stone, 650 into 550 Militarised. Had good support yesterday, particularly when that rain arrived in Sydney. 950 Got into $5. Back out to $6. And cap is he the Forgotten Horse, $12. And I'll tell you who the Forgotten Horse is in Tommy Berry's eyes. It's the seven, Moravia, the likely leader, 13 out to $16. And I think he's right. It's a silly price for a horse that was second in the main lead-up to this race. Eight of the last 11 Golden Rose winners have come through the run to the Rose. The winner there was Cylinder. Second was Moravia. Only one uh, one filly from 47 fillies has won the Golden Rose, and that was Forensics back in 2007-2008. Well, you know what they say, mate. Records are made to be broken, yeah. uh, but may not be this year. I, I have militarized as a bet. I had it as a bet when it was around the $10 mark. Now has found its right price. No knock on it. Shinzo, well, the push this morning has been huge. He could be the best horse in the race. He could potentially be the best horse in the country in three weeks' time. Mm. King Colorado, a horse that I have a lot of time for. I think 
could have won the Winx uh, stakes with a bit of luck. Preparation for mine is not something that I'm keen on, the way that it's sort of had a, had a break and now had a trial, now it lines up here. But Ma Eustace, they have all the data, they have all the um, all the information at their hands. They're the most, you know, forward training um, stable in the country. So you have to trust there and charm Stonewell. She was just so impressive three wide at the Valley. This is a really, really open race. Mm. But I'm, I'm going to go militarise to be strong late, sneak through and get the job done. Okay, I've got him in the top three there. I thought Charmstone, fourth best last 800 of the day, first up, then three wide, no cover. Uh, around the valley, never a good spot to be. And Mick, uh, Michael Ken Jr. was quite right. 1,200 metres at the valley is a testing 1,200. The part-time there is slightly slower than other 1,200-metre tracks. And Shinzo, I've just got a feeling he is special, this horse. I can't wait to see the betting flux late on him. Uh, I just want to know what the pros do with him because the data says he's good, but he's first up 1,400 metres and he's never been at the trip. We're going to take a break here on the Sydney set. When we come back, we'll wrap up all the action from Rose Hill. Welcome back to the Sydney set, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred racing needs. Uh, time to continue on with our preview. We've got two races to go. Race nine at Rose Hill this afternoon is a benchmark 88 over 1,400 metres. Chortle Lane from the Ma Eustace Camp, 290 to 260. It's your favourite. Parade solid enough around the $5 mark. And Vienna Princess at 650. Mick, what are you doing here? I think this is a very simple race. There hasn't been many scratchings. Maltile's the only horse that's come out. There's two key chances here, Paris and Charlton Lane. I'm happy to go with Charlton Lane, though, I think was a little luckless last start, just got shuffled back at a vital stage and probably should have won, ran a really good uh, figure there. And this is a very winnable race with plenty of speed in the race. I think it just needs the track to play fair and it should win and it should win well. Yeah, I agree with you. He's the horse to beat. The other one though is Vienna Princess. She was super to the line over 1400 metres, first up last preparation. And uh, she draws a touch softer, might be able to settle a bit closer than Chalton Lane. Uh, race 10, this is the benchmark, 78 over 1100 metres. Ohi is your favourite. Uh, sickening, I didn't take that early price. Seven into 460 now. Tristate's your second pick, 11 into seven. Markets courtesy of sports bet. And number eight, Portray is your third favourite, 850 into $7. Yeah, I had Ohi mark $4.50. And I didn't take the price either because I'm just really concerned with the map. It's going to yep. be back near last over 1,100 metres at Rose Hill. So, look, I'm happy to still wait and be patient there. Just you need to know how the track's playing. If you're diving into a uh, in, into $4.50 and, the, and it's a leader bias, well, you, your ticket's confetti there, Nick. But I think uh, Ojai and Extravagant Star are clearly the two that uh, will be fighting out that last race. Just need a, an even track, mate. Yeah, Extravagant Star just comes out this morning, Mick. Ojai, I agree with you. The other one I thought was Espresso. Uh, who was pretty good behind Extravagant Star, who was one of the favourites for this race, and we're getting around $16 for him. Uh, the Everest, we're going to find a bit more about it today, Mick. What's your top five at this point in time? Yeah, love a top five, don't we? Here in the, uh, on SEN track, we'll go Shinzo number one. I think we're going to see a big, big run today. I'm not sure if he's going to win today, but I reckon yep. he's set to peak. You're getting $15. Yep. I, think that's, I think that's a great bet to have now. Buenos Natchez number two. Think about it, three. I think the horse is going to come back bigger and better. I wish I win four. Private I, five. And there's one notable horse I've left out, the favourite. Kick, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm Shinzo. I wish I win. Pay attention to whichever horse gets a slot out of the Golden Rose today then. Private Eye and think about it. Best bet again today? Where you're going to go, best bet, Marquez, race three. All right, I'm race four, number eight, Royal Tribute. That's it from us here at the Sydney set. Big thanks to Michael Kent Jr. and Tommy Berry. We'll catch you again next week.